0: No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie, come on everybody boogie up tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie, come on everybody boogie up tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie, come on everybody boogie up tonight. Let's go
1: Good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. It's Monday night and you're live with another edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, ladies and gentlemen, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, Bland Brand No Name Crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here at 6pm, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Thank you for joining us. Dango, dango, dango. I hope you had a lovely weekend because I certainly did. Uh, incidentally, if you didn't catch, uh, I was on with iceman 4433 You know him, he's in the chats. Rusty. I was on with him on his show on, I, I don't know, a few days ago. But they, uh, they, <laughs> Rusty's operation, Rusty's people. Uh, they played the interview on Sunday night. So if you go to his channel, dlive.tv slash Iceman4433, you can catch up with me and Rusty having a catch-up. So, If you want to, if you feel so inclined, spread a couple of clicks around, spread a couple of views around, and uh, help out our buddy Iceman4433, who, like, I don't think... I'm probably going to embarrass him here, but, um, yeah, actually, I'm going to fucking embarrass him because it's going to be worth it. Uh, For... Russ, so I first met Russ probably, like, three years ago. I didn't meet him. It, like, we, we became sort of internet acquaintances through other people and shit, and then slowly over time started to talk and whatnot. Uh, it's probably the case that in the beginning he didn't care for me much, and I didn't care for him much. But not not like, not like from any animosity or anything like that, probably because we didn't really know each other. And, um, you know, I just want to give my boy some love because a few years ago, Russ was, like, you know nervous to speak on voice chat in private in private telegram Thank rooms i'll see I'll you see in you, hell. Hell. you know russ was russ was like i said he was he was nervous to chat on voice chat in private telegram rooms and now he's like doing live streaming and doing podcasts and he's hosting people and stuff and it's a, it's completely in a you know in the space of two or three years so i think my man deserves some credit for that because like that's a that's a long way to come man because I, I started in radio in, like, 2011 or something. So by 20 I've been doing some kind of speaking in front of people for, like, 10 years at least. And when I was a kid, I was, like, always going in the, uh, you know, the shitty little school talent quests and stuff like that. I wasn't doing singing or dancing or anything gay. Don't worry. It was usually, like, a parody song or some kind of comedy, you know. Um, Never, never anything like, check out my tap dancing. No way. No, 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 no. No. I would I wasn't a bully at school. I wasn't the kind of kid who would beat up the kids who were tap dancing, but I would definitely laugh if they were getting beat up, if that makes sense. So I guess I was an enabler. So doing this, it's you still get nervous and stuff sometimes, of course. Like if you've got a big uh, big audience or you've got a big guest or something like that for sure. But it's but after ten years of this, you know, and I was playing in bands as well, like playing in front of live audiences and shit. After you do a little bit of that, this isn't so bad. But like I said, for a guy to come from being really nervous just to even speak to people, to now hosting live streams and doing podcasting, I think it's fucking amazing. So uh, tip of the hat to my boy, Iceman4433, Russ. Very proud of him, he's come a long way, he's doing well. And it was a pleasure to be on his show. So, all right, putting all that to one side, Ladies and gentlemen, we've got so much to get through. If you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, the preferred method is of course streamlabs.com slash boogie bumper. Or you can head to DLive, but only at the appropriate times, because as you know, DLive is keeping you safe. they you for keeping me safe, DLive. DLive is keeping you safe from parting with your lemons to give to me, Boogie Bumper. So, you know, which we should thank them. Thank you so much, DLive. Uh you know, I I can tell you, hand on heart, all of the correspondence I've had privately from audience members who are on DLive, say, like, subscribers and whatnot, all of the feedback I've had from them is they really appreciate you doing this. <laughs> Derp of Diamonds Gypsy with the Diamond Vantage of Steers the Diamond Gypsy. Thank you for the Diamond Gypsy. Yeah, all of my audience members really appreciate this. So, you know, like... Going out, buying lemons, like buying the cryptocurrency that's associated with D-Live and then not being able to pass it on to the person they intended it. Like the the reason that they purchased the crypto and they're not allowed to use it. They really appreciate that. Jim N-Word with the diamond. Thank you for the diamond, Jim. Lemon party. Thank you for keeping me safe. Thank you for keeping me safe. Don't worry. There's a lot of keeping you safe tonight. Tonight is going to be one of those shows, man, where... Chassis. when I was putting all of this stuff together, when I was putting tonight's show together late yesterday, I was like, no, it can't be another one. It can't, oh no, not another one, not another story. So we're going to have fun today. And of course, subscribe to the podcast, follow on Twitter, at Boogie Bumper and whatnot and etc. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Let's get into it. See, now I have to put the X tag on. Once again, my audience thanks you, D-Live, for keeping them safe. Uh, So I'm keeping you safe from the next items. We will get to keeping me safe. We will get to the experts, of course. Today's show is entitled The Experts. We'll get to that because I've got some amazing stuff from the experts, who, as you all know, are better people than you. The Experts Know Things You Only Wish You Knew. And therefore, they absolutely have a right to tell you what to do. So we'll get into all of that. But first, I want to touch on something serious. I'm going to put the music down for a second. This is very serious. As we know, over the last five years, you know, as an expert myself, I can say this. Over the last five years, when we've been observing the population of the United States, ladies and gentlemen, We have noticed some things. We've noticed some trends. And one of those trends is Donald Trump inflicted long lasting emotional pain on you. The kind of pain that, the kind of pain that's like tattooed on your soul. The kind of pain that runs deep. I'm sure we've all got some kind of moment in our life at some point. At some point, over something. I think this is a very human thing. I'm sure we've all got some kind of moment in our life where if we just think back to it, if we think back to finding out that moment, straight away you're struck with this feeling, like this generational feeling of spiritual pain. You know what I mean? Like if you were, if you were. Pausing to remember something extremely tragic in your life, and then bang, you're there again. And I think now we can all, yes, Frozen Asian in the chat's like, serious, he did? I'm like, yes, he did. He did, definitely. (laughs) Gimme in the chat. Oh, it must have been so bad, I couldn't feel it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's how bad it was. It was worse for other people, though. Other people had it much worse. So. I'm I'm pleased to report that there is healing afoot, though we can get past this. And the good people at Salon, ladies and gentlemen, are here to do it. Thank you for joining us here on a Monday night uh, edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast from our favorite Salon. With Biden in office, can we finally get some sleep? <laughs> That's a headline. Can we finally get some sleep, please? Trump drove millions to anxiety and insomnia. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <coughs>
1: oh, God, I love him. Don't you? Wow. <laughs> Will Sleepy Joe chill us out? Ah, oh, he's so chilled out. You know, what I love most about Sleepy Joe is he's just so chill with us. On August 20, 2020, Joe Biden delivered a speech accepting the Democratic Party's nomination for president. Those of us fearful that Donald Trump might win re-election listened with apprehension. Would Biden have the appeal to secure the election? Could he gather the support of the progressive wing of the Democratic Party? Would he make another gaffe? These were very serious things that the... The Democrats were mulling over at the time. God bless them. As he took the podium, the, audio, uh, the author continues, my sense of anticipation ran high. And then, after listening to Biden for a mere five minutes, I was asleep. <laughs> now, I know this is going to sound... I know people are going to get upset at this next comment, but I'm sorry. I ha- It has to be said. When I I was, you know, very vocal over the last four years, When I would remind people, like, it's so stupid to say that the other guy is so terrible after an election, right? Because it's a self-own. Like, for example, when Trump beat Clinton in 2016, Clinton and her supporters and her mouthpieces spent the next four years saying he's the worst president ever. He's a Russian plant. uh, It's disgusting. He's incompetent. He's Hitler and stuff. To which I would always reply, okay, but that just means you lost to stupid Hitler, <laughs> you know? Why Why would you keep reminding people that you were even worse than quote-unquote stupid Hitler? It seems like a dumb thing to do. Now, I, I have to say the same when it comes to Biden as well. I know there's going to be... We're only fresh in this. So you are allowed a grace period, I think. But if you spend the next four years saying that Biden is really really awful and the worst possible president of all time and stuff if you spend 4 years doing it then it becomes another cell phone but you're know, for court there's you're allowed the anti honeymoon period i think that's fair i don't know how long it is it should be natural like you should it, sh- it it will feel forced in 4 years time to still be talking about how awful joe biden is because like it or not and i don't like it but like it or not, history will remember Joe Biden as winning the 2020 election, rightfully or wrongly. So it's just the way it is. So everything from that point is recorded in that light, right? So he's, you know, if people spend the next 4 years going, "Oh god, Joe Biden worst president ever." That means okay, but that just means you lost to the worst guy ever. That's not a very good it's not a very good flex, bro. Right. But there are moments where you can enjoy when little shards of light, when little glimpses of light come into, you know, into the into the bunker, and you can see things for what they are. When they when they have these little moments, these little cell phone moments of complete honesty, this is what gets me up in the morning. Listen to this. The author writes, and I quote. I'll admit that the fact that Biden put me to sleep that night caused me to worry whether his overtly quote-unquote normal style... So they think... They think that being put to sleep by a world leader is normal. (laughs) And this is their guy. This is their guy. Now... (laughs) Say what you will about you know journalist types and political types and whatnot, but but I mean I mean if if you're in if you're writing copy for a political website and you admit that your dude the guy that you support is so boring that you fell asleep during his acceptance speech, then I'm you know, it, it says a lot about what you really want. It says a lot about, like, just how invested you are in this, you know? And A lot of people wouldn't watch political speeches in the first place. I understand that. But again, if your career is in political journalism and the guy that you promote and support, you admit that you can't even watch because you just fall asleep within five minutes. That was a quote. There yeah, <laughs> why Why do you expect anybody else to be inspired by this? But at the time, I recall thinking perhaps Biden's soporific tendencies were a good thing. What would it be like to have a president in office that finally allowed us to get some sleep? (laughs) Yeah. The author writes, I don't mean that in some sort of oblique reference to being woke. I mean it, quote unquote, literally. Let's face it. From the moment that the 2016 election results started coming in, Many of us have been living in a constant state of anxiety and depression, punctuated by insomnia, heavy drinking, and the occasional use of whatever whatever other mood-altering substances we might get our hands on. I'm fucking telling you, man, this is one of the strangest <laughs> this is one of the strangest flexes I've ever seen any journalist do ever. <laughs> Uh, and, and it's it's done so casually. Like, come on, who here wasn't doing a lot of cocaine and drinking themselves, you know, to sleep every single night because Donald Trump was president, huh? Put your hand up. Come on now. Who didn't try a little smack in the back alley behind the office on a Thursday? Morning. <laughs> morning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. who Who here amongst us? Put your hand up if you can honestly say... Now, I want to see ones and twos in the chat. Put your hand, put number one in the chat if you definitely didn't at any point over the last four years, right, when you thought of Donald Trump didn't fall into a, into a deathly spiral of anxiety and depression punctuated by insomnia and heavy drinking. Because of Donald Trump. It, it can't be because of some other reason. That doesn't count. It has to be directly related to Trump. Press one in the chat if you definitely didn't do that. God, that was needlessly complicated structure of that question. Numbers are coming in. For the podcast audience, the numbers are coming in. And a lot of ones. This isn't just speculation. The article continues. Data shows that there was a significant increase in alcohol consumption among those who voted against Donald Trump. (laughs) Yes, of course. Look, guess what? No mention of COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we all know that uh, alcohol consumption was up because of various lockdowns and stuff in various countries. We know that because we've seen the data of like, uh, drinks, delivery services and shit. They've, they've all reported that they've all gone through the roof. That's one business actually that's fucking booming is the people who deliver alcohol. So we know that. We know that alcohol's going up. People didn't have to drive anywhere. Guess what? They're gonna get they're gonna get off their tits instead. Sometimes it's good to be a human. Sometimes shit like that brings me hope actually. That the first opportunity that people have to, you know, avoid travelling in the morning to go to work is to just get shit-faced before lunch. <laughs> hey, I'm not working. Who gives a fuck? You're working. You're supposed to be on the laptop. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they don't see what I'm doing after the time. <laughs> they don't care what I'm doing. Drizzly.com, a liquor delivery service. The article. This is the article. A liquor delivery service. So they're even using the data from a delivery service. But they don't mention COVID. Interesting. And no, it's all Donald Trump's fault. (laughs) (laughs) A a liquor delivery service had an uptick of 86% on election night. Over a regular Tuesday night, with the most significant rise being recorded in New York and Boston, Boston both of which were anti-Trump strongholds. So that's what we're that's what we're basing this, this argument on. <laughs> <laughs> Research by Isabel Musa and Rodrigo. Rodrigo, that's an interesting combination of names, isn't it? Listen to this guy's name. Rodrigo Schneider. <laughs> Isn't that strange? <laughs> I asked you before, where the hell did you get this guacamole? Listen to me, essay. <laughs> I don't want to get loco on your ass. Rodrigo Schneider? shows that the 2016 presidential elections correlated with increased fear and anxiety among voters who often turn to alcohol. They (laughs) fear and anxiety. They further noted that the increase in alcohol consumption during the 2016 election was absent in the three previous presidential elections. They do invest a lot of time and money and brain power into talking about just how negatively affected everyone was during the Trump presidency, you know what I mean? I've, I've read so many of these kinds of articles over the last three or four years on this show. You know, drug use, depression, everybody's sad, everybody's angry, everybody can't sleep. It's all Donald Trump's fault. This has been just a constant stream of vomit for the last three years. So I do wonder how much time they're going to dedicate now to, you know, you know, if you're a Donald Trump supporter in the audience, are you expecting a call from any experts, any university types perhaps in the next little, little period asking how do you feel? Or, or are they just going to go on television and say that you need to be deprogrammed like a cult member? <laughs> how about this? Why don't we find out?
3: <laughs> Let's have a look. More than 90 people face federal charges for their role in storming the US Capitol. The perpetrators say it was President Trump who fueled their rage and actions. Fueled their rage. Trump's supporters echoed his words. Mhm. Uh-huh.
0: The Democrats are trying to steal the White House. You cannot let them. They don't get to steal it from us.
3: We're bringing
4: our country back.
0: We want
3: our country back. This is our country. This is our house.
0: This
3: is our country. This is our country. country. Experts say they see. (laughs) Donald
1: Trump said this is our country, and his whacked out conspiracy theorist followers believe him. you know this is my country is such a rare phrase <laughs> like you know if you hear somebody say we're taking our country back that's kind of like hearing somebody speak in tongues you never hear that you never hear that <laughs> frozen asia in the chat are those glasses bold enough yes yes they're, no, they're bold enough, but she's not old enough. That's the problem. Alison Camerota. I do have a little thing for Alison. I'm not going to lie. She's gorgeous. Uh, it's a
3: cult-like behaviour in Trump's most extreme supporters. So how do you de-radicalise these people? Joining us now is Steve.
1: Yes. How do you de-radicalise the Trump supporters? How do you de-radicalise them? This is very interesting. Now, if you're... If you're in the audience and you're a Donald Trump supporter, this one's for you. We need to learn how to bring you back from the ledge. We need to learn how to make you a normal, productive member of society again.
3: Stephen Hassan, he's a mental health professional who has been helping deprogram people out of cults for decades. <laughs> he himself was a cult member of the Mooney's yeah. cult in the 1970s yeah. before he was successfully deprogrammed. He's also the author of The Cult of Trump. Mr. Hassan, thanks so much for being here. What we just showed there, do you consider those people cult members?
5: Uh, I do, I think they were deceptively recruited by an authoritarian political cult.
1: I'm just looking forward to the time because I know it's coming and just because it just because when it gets here we knew it was coming doesn't mean it's easier to to handle but i am looking forward to the time when this becomes like a commonplace thing because it trust me i, I again i don't want to i don't want to i'm not here to shit on anybody or pop burst anybody's bubble i'm sorry just giving honest you know commentary honest analysis of stuff you don't have to listen <laughs> nobody's got a gun to your head i am looking forward to the time when the expert approved opinion. Like, so for example, we're already seeing, like, if, if you mention, you know, any disputes with, say, the election result, that's, you're out of here. You're banned. Insta banned off YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, the lot. Okay. Uh, Anti vaxxers are another one. You know, a lot of, like, left wing hippie organic garden growers and shit were kicked off YouTube in the last round of the purge, which was a couple of years ago because they were talking about, like, genetically modified crops and Monsanto and stuff like that. Believe it or not, like, it's not just, you know, right wings. So it's not like what I'm saying here is, you know, out of the realm of possibility. I'm looking forward to the time when experts say that, you know, everybody on the other side, everybody who doesn't agree with us is, like, they're sick in the mind, you know what I mean? They're in a cult, they're mentally ill, and they need to be you know, incarcerated for their own good. How do we deprogram them? We're already using this language. How do we deprogram the cult members who disagree with us, right? No, 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 they were led astray. They were brainwashed by a very tricky authoritarian, a fascist, right? They've got this brain disease. And how do we fix that? Because this is what happened, like, uh, you know, it's very easy to point to historical examples. This is what happened in Eastern Europe in the 1920s and the 1930s. People who didn't agree with the, the prevailing political thought at the time were considered to be suffering from mental illness. They were institutionalised to be deprogrammed. I mean, we're just we're just ironic, unironically, you know, bringing that back. We're just doing it. We're just doing it again, are we? Really? After all we learned, that's incredible. We're a kitten's whisker away from doing it again. Here we are, (laughs) frozen Asian. We already have Boogie stands, so next we start a cult. No, no, I'm going to leave the cult stuff to the Owen Benjamin fans. You know, they have a home. Their homeland is Bear Tardia, right? Our homeland is Boogie Stand, but we're—I don't know. It's a—it's a libertarian state. You know what I mean? It's a libertarian monarchy. Put it that way. So I don't think we can be a cult because the only way that you're going to be, you know, successful in boogie stand is if you understand how ridiculous and fake it all is. <laughs> Carry on.
3: When you, I, I've read that the characteristics of a cult leader, let's just put these up for everybody. Narcissistic, lies a lot, grandiose <laughs> self-image, stokes fear, paranoid, talks a lot about enemies.
1: I once got told, it's only paranoia if they're not coming to get you. <laughs> a cult leader, a cult leader harasses critics. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you don't want to be part of a cult, you just need to accept our assessment of you that you're a cult member. <laughs> don't argue back. That's what cult people do. <laughs> You know, you can always tell you're speaking to a cult member because they always deny they're in a cult. <laughs> oh wow! Ilse Jane, gotta love a libertarian monarchy. Yes, I know. We're transcending. We're transcending political genres here in Stan. We are a libertarian monarchist state. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everybody! Everybody else is doing the double think thing right now. Everybody else is believing two things that contradict each other at the same time. Why the fuck can't we here in Boogie Stand? Why not? Fuck them! Everybody else is doing it. Fuck them.
3: Harasses critics. Always needs praise. Yes. Lacks empathy. Yep. Claims absolute authority. Uh-huh. Blames the media. Blames the ra- media.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> blames the media. <laughs> The cult leaders always blame the media, don't they? Yes. Anybody, yeah. Anybody, yeah. Anybody who attacks the media is a cult leader. You know, if you attack the media, you might be a terrorist. If you attack the media, you're probably a racist. If you attack the media, you're definitely a cult member. Fucking wonderful. Now, see, everything everything is wrapped up in a neat little package. <laughs>
3: Rarely admits mistakes or wrongdoings. And so why do people why follow do people leaders with such odious yes! characteristics? How odious. does that happen?
5: Essentially, people are wired to to follow... Um, We're wired for sound. Legitimate, I mean, excuse me, to follow authority figures they believe are legitimate. And to conform... <laughs>
1: Does does anybody see does anybody else see please tell me you see this does anybody else see why this is so fucking delicious and amazing and like all of the all of the planets have aligned at this specific moment can anybody else point it out i'll tell you what if you point it out if you point out what i'm referring to you will win 1000 internets i'll give you a couple of seconds see if you can see it do you want to listen to the clip again Listen to the clip again. See what you can come up with. All right? Listen very carefully. Just be very observant here.
5: People are wired to to follow um, legitimate... I mean, excuse me, to follow authority figures they believe are legitimate and... Okay,
1: what do you see? No, it's not that Biden didn't win legitimately. It's not, uh, so we only believed he was legit, but that's on the right track. Ben K. Veritas, I think, might be there, but he's being coy about it. Asking me instead of telling me the answer, which is very cheeky. No, it's not that Trump wasn't legitimate. No. I mean... Listen listen to the statement the statement he said okay first look at the description of his name right so on the Chiron Steve Hassan quote cult expert and mental health professional and then he says people are trained to to listen to authority figures <laughs> which of which he is one <laughs> right because if you, want, if you want to apply the term cult so loosely to things, then there is a cult, there is a, a science cult, I'm sorry. There are people who, you know, to, to think that everything, this is the problem with science people, right? Now, I'm not anti-science for, by any stretch of the imagination, not at all. But here's the thing, there are things that scientists admit they can't explain. So if you there is constant debate in the scientific community there is constant argument and actually there's a growing movement of people like I'm not turning this into a religion versus science thing because I don't think there there is religion versus science the the first universities were founded by the catholic church you know the first people who looked skywards and and mapped the stars were originally they were looking for god right there, there, is a, there is a reason, like an inspiration in between the black and the white. So science was, you know, an endeavor to find, you know, find the truth about God's creation more than anything else. So to say that science versus religion, it's not a real dynamic. It's a dynamic that's presented to us as real. But there's a growing movement of scientists, right? who are coming to explain like the little gaps in their knowledge, like what binds the universe together. There's a growing movement of scientists who are like, the only way that the universe can be explained and that all of these particles and subatomic particles and the reason that they interact with each other and don't, and don't just like evaporate into nothingness is because there, there is a hidden something that is binding it all together. And we don't know what it is. And so, like, when you get into deep, deep, deep uh, epistemology and shit like that, right? So there's a growing movement of people with scientific backgrounds who work in scientific fields, who are coming to call it, like, you know, the God equation. What is is binding all of these atoms and substances and gases and everything? What is binding it all together? So there is no science versus religion aspect. But this guy... (laughs) This guy who is the expert who's brought on to give an opinion about something is openly telling the audience that, yes, audience members are trained to listen to someone with authority and to believe what they're saying. So so he's on a show criticizing the fact, talking about how all of you need to be deprogrammed out of your cult. You know, people, people who have authoritative titles like to talk and people generally listen to them. You know, we're trained to do that. Thank you for joining us. Expert on cults and professor. <laughs> right? You see my point here? He's doing it. <laughs> it's such... They're just fucking pissing in your face.
5: To follow um, legitimate... I mean, excuse me, to follow authority figures they believe are legitimate.
1: <laughs> it was even worse than I thought to follow authority figures they believe are legitimate, says Steve Hassan, cult expert and mental health (laughs) professional. I mean, people are so silly. They're following leaders that they believe are legitimate. And why should we listen and why should we follow you? Because I'm a cult expert and a mental health professional. That's why right. <laughs> I've been brought on here as an expert. <laughs> Respect my authority.
5: So nice. It's so wonderful and to conform to people they identify with. Mm -hmm. But as someone who's studied brainwashing and mind control, the good news is that even though people can be radicalised, they can also be helped to come back to themselves, and that's what gives me hope for our country.
1: Don't come back to the Democrat Party. Come back to yourselves. Don't you think that you were wrong? Don't you think that you're a little more progressive than you like to think?
3: Come back to yourself. Oh, wonderful. Before we get to how that's going to happen, I just want to show a little bit more of what happened inside the U.S. Capitol, just so that we understand.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. See, now, I'm not allowed to play this. CNN can. CNN can play this on their YouTube channel, but I'm not allowed. See, if I were to play the clip, if I were to play the footage that CNN is playing, I'll be accused of trying to profit off extremism. Isn't that fucking fun? Huh? Oh, and don't worry. we have I've got so much to get through. I've been slowly building uh, a folder on what's happening in social media because a lot of this shit we were talking about in 2018, 2019, and now we're here. Remember after the uh, Christchurch shooting, right? how all of these governments like the UK, Australia, Canada, blah, 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 blah. All of them came out and passed laws that would put like, say, uh, the people who are in charge, maybe like middle level management at a social media company might go to prison because they didn't take down harmful content fast enough. Uh, at which point I would remind the audience that there were a total of, a grand total, nobody disputes this, a grand total of six people watching that live stream. Six. Six. I mean, anybody's, anybody who's tried to do a live stream knows how difficult it, difficult it is to get and retain an audience because it's the internet. There's, there's shit everywhere. People are spread out far and wide. It's very decentralised. So it was the replay views that killed, um, you know, freedom on the internet in these various countries because there was a grand total of six people watching it live. So on the back of that, within, say, a week, Most of these Western countries had passed laws. Okay, we're now going to throw people in prison if they don't remove harmful content off the internet. Completely shifting responsibility from the audience member to the person who is running a platform, which is, you know, problematic, to say the least. Because I don't know about you, but I can watch, you know, I can watch material that somebody might deem, like, upsetting and not go out and do what I see. I don't know about you. Maybe you're different. Uh, You know, I can watch a video of somebody hitting a taxi driver when they're drunk on a Saturday night and not think to myself, wow, I've got to go out and hit a taxi driver now. You know, I'm not a very monkey see, monkey do kind of person. I don't know about you. Maybe all of you are. So we need to remove like this kind of problematic material from the internet because if you see it, you're just going to run out there and do it. The same argument I used to have with people who wanted to censor video games back in the early 2000s. So back then I was a much younger man, you know, I was like, I was still a teenager, 18, 19 or whatever, but I was still still kind of doing this in one way or another, still having arguments with people all the time. The same people who would blame, you know, violent behavior on Grand Theft Auto or blame kids driving their cars fast on... Uh, you know, Fast and Furious, right? Or Need for Speed video games. I would have the same conversations with them back then. You know, you realise that all of these games are not being designed by 15-year-olds. They're mostly designed by 40-year-olds who are living out their fucking fantasies in a video game world. You get that, right? No, no, no. It's It's causing kids to have less respect. It's like, oh, God. Like, if you're a young person and you're new to this you, if you're new to this whole censorship thing where they will throw people in prison if they don't remove harmful content on the internet, wel- welcome to the conversation that's been happening for the better part of 30 years. I'm sorry. You it might seem new to you, but it's really not. And you know, if if you think like I don't I don't try hard enough or I'm not positive enough because I get accused of being too negative a lot, if you think I'm being too negative and I'm not trying hard enough, it's like, okay, get back to me in twenty years. When you've been doing this when you've having when you've been having these conversations with people for two decades, get back to me and tell me that you still have fucking hope and optimism. Because I'm I'm here to tell you you won't. You won't. two decades of having conversations with people about censorship and shit and they, they'll they just openly laugh in your face and say oh that's ridiculous it's a conspiracy theory blah 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 only to have the same people like 10 years later come up and say to you the exact same thing you said to them and when you try to remind them like oh no i told you about this don't you remember this conversation they'll turn around and say no i don't but don't you think this is the right thing to do <laughs> you're wasting your time you're wasting your time all right, What's the, well, speaking of time, what is the time here? Because, look, I've been yammering on. We've got so much more to get to, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Uh, more experts coming up after the break. If you'd like to leave a tip to the show and you are on D Live, now would be the chance to do it because the break, I've been told, I've been informed, the commercial break, not that offensive. So I'm allowed to take the X tag off for that. So... <laughs> Stick around for 5. We'll be back here on the Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. See you soon.
2: Oh,
6: I, I hope your next hat is a bullet <laughs> Jesus Christ What are you fucking Asian dick crazy you, with you? <laughs> Why do you have to ruin my evening Like I, I'm just gonna just listen You know listen to my bud do their show And you, you gotta You just gotta do this <laughs> So you're not enjoying it
2: No No <laughs> Dude, Asian uh, dick. Well, you secretly
6: enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover in, in Argentina, but it's now working. <laughs> I hate <laughs> you. <laughs> I hate you. Oh, come on, You secretly love it. <laughs> no, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: As you can tell, I seem to have a problem with commitment to one type of platform. I think doctors refer to that as uh, ADD. Uh, but, anyways, if you want to follow any of those shows, you want to catch me live every single day of the week, you can follow me at Real Person Politics. That's Real Person PLTCS. Aloha. Aloha. Another Ain't No Rest for the Rock. Until we close our eyes
1: for good. A
0: Nate, joy, my good self, UK Neil, over at DLive for the Great Awakening Show. That's over on DLive at DLive.tv.
1: Neil. UK Neil.
0: Get yourself out of that Matrix. Out of and on to
1: the Great Awakening. Fucking put me back in the Matrix, man.
0: Put me back. This, Justin. The global, global officials that can help all, also known as, as Gotcha, have, have now banned, banned all booking and, and boogie related movements worldwide.
1: Public safety is the main concern, they say, and, and people are reminded, are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms. Police have reported.
0: All right, around up. This world can get you down. There's just one thing you
6: can do. Subscribers, you gotta get back up and shake your phone around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on,
0: everybody boogie it tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie, come on, everybody boogie bopper tonight No one's gonna tell me how to boogie, come on, everybody boogie
1: bopper tonight Coming back Hey, thank you for the time Welcome to the second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls It's a pleasure to be with you, as always, here on the Daily Boogie podcast we got a couple of diamonds coming in during the commercial break. Thank you so much. Thank you for keeping me safe, by the way. I'm glad I hope you appreciate I hope you appreciate the fact that I've quarantined your tipping to the, the commercial breaks because I'm keeping you safe. Thank you for keeping me safe, D-Live. Thank you for appreciate it. Uh, winning TV with a diamond. TV slash winning TV. Thank you, Phil. Says D-Live is a meanie head, probably doesn't put a cart back. Very fair, very fair assumption, I would say. Oh yeah. Very fair. There
0: are.
1: I love hearing the noise. Uh, Minister of Fun, Kimmy with the Diamond says this diamond is sad because it can't interrupt Boogie. Joe Ng with the diamond said hi Boogie. Hello. Ben K Veritas with a diamond. Experts say Boogs is a social media influencer. Wash your damn mouth out. Soap isn't good enough for you. Use fucking bleach. Use bleach. Bleach. Thank you for the diamond, Benk Veritas. Monica with the diamond, gotcha. And pass the potato. Seventeen with the diamond. Thank you so much. Thank you, D Life. Yeah. Thank you for keeping me safe, D Life. Thank you so much. Now I have to turn it off again because you know we've got to be good, good citizens here. <laughs> we got. We don't want to be profiting off extremism now, do we? Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as you know, I like to keep you up to date with what's happening down here in Australia, especially when it comes to, because I think it's fair to say we are the world leaders when it comes to dealing with coronavirus. Being free.
0: I am my heart's only, only.
1: I used to be. No, your heart belongs to everyone, Rebu, right now. So. Now fire fire
3: is raging deep inside. Yes,
1: the fire, right? So, we had some and news here. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll just let the corporate media explain it for me. Because, you know, sometimes the universe aligns and sometimes it shines on you, and sometimes things are just so perfect that. I have to bring them to this show.
2: I don't know what it is. All
1: right. So we've been at the forefront of battling, of tackling, of uh, taking head on. We're taking coronavirus head on. We're not afraid like the other team. If, if you want to crash course in political speech 101, like, you don't have to listen to me. That's fine. I will tell you that I have like bookshelves full of books like about speech writing and political speeches and rhetorical breakdowns of famous speeches and stuff like that. It's just a hobby of mine, but you don't have to listen to me. That's fine. But if you want a political speech one on one, if you still find yourself, you know, for for years we've been saying on this show, and I know it's cringe how I jump halfway through each sentence, but I'm sorry. I'm trying my best. We've been saying for years on this show, it's not me the voter versus you the voter. It's us the voters versus them the politicians. I've also explained, like, my biggest disappointment, the big prediction that I got wrong, that really, the one that hurts, you know, that one, the one that's a punch in the fucking gut, is I predicted back in 2016 that society was getting to a point where we're moving on from cliched political speech. And I hate the fact that I was wrong about that. I really do. Because that would have, that was the one, that was the thing that I wanted the most. I didn't care, like, if Donald Trump got elected or not, right? If he got elected, because people are like, why did you want him to win? And I would say time after time, still to this day, the only thing that I wanted was a nice big, not even a, a destruction of political correctness, but just a nice big chunk taken out of it. And I would have been happy with that. I didn't, I don't care about this. It, it, see, the wall, immigration, um, all of the other cultural issues all stem from where political correctness is in terms of acceptability in the population because that's the reason people are getting banned off social media right is because if if political correctness is running too hot in a society then the, the other ideas like about immigration or should we go to war or not or should there be a wall or not or tax even tax becomes into it because people say it's politically incorrect to try and take poor people's money away via welfare payments, right? So it all hinges on that. If you don't get rid of PC, then you're fucked. You are fucked. Because you can't even have the conversation about the things that matter. You can't even bring the you can't even bring the topic up. So all I wanted was a big chunk of all I wanted was a Pepsi. All I wanted was a big chunk of PC to be ripped out of the side because culturally we flow on from you as well. We pick, we pick up a lot of our cultural cues from you and Great Britain at the same time. It's like a 50-50 arrangement. Increasingly from China, which is nice. <laughs> it's nice to have diversity, isn't it? You know, increasingly we're picking up our cultural cues from China in regards to lockdown and coronavirus, but hey, it's nice to have some diversity. <laughs> So, you know. But that didn't happen. Uh, instead, what happened was um, they doubled down and doubled down and redoubled down and redoubled down again. And you kind of have to tip your hat to them because, like we've been saying on this show, even though you know it's coming, you, it doesn't make it easier to accept. We knew that they would not sleep, they would not stop, they do not stop, they never stop. They just continue fighting, continue going on. And hey. Nikki Fruit Loose. Boogie Bumper, you get our content and trash, but you're going to be chinked forever. <laughs> hey, there's worse things in life. There's worse things in life. At least with the Asians, we can both agree on how shitty the... Mm, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. The Asians hate black people way more than white people do. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> I don't know how many you have known. I grew up I grew up with a lot of Asian friends. I grew up with Asian friends who were like could barely speak English. We went to the same school like I like I told you, I grew up in a very high immigrant area. So I went to school with a bunch of people always who like English was their second language and their family like their mum and dad didn't speak English and shit. <laughs> just remembering just remembering so many of these based Asians that I went to school with. I remember a guy. <laughs> I don't know if I can say so. I, his name was David, You're right? But that was his English name. Obviously, nobody knew his Chinese name. And he'd been in the country like maybe a year before he came to our school, and he was probably like fourteen or fifteen. And he we took we took a liking to him immediately because he didn't have. He didn't have the benefit of having like 15 years worth of cultural training in the in a western democracy, you know. So, so he he came from a very monocultural place. He came from China. He was in Beijing. And he moved out here to live with his grandmother who apparently like we could ascertain, he was he he used to drive to school. He didn't have a license cuz he's like I just I just take a grandma car. She don't know. She fucker out of it, man. She's crazy. You know, like she was at home. She didn't even know that he was gone half of the time. So this was the living arrangements he had. So we, like I said, our group instantly took a, uh, took a liking to this kid. He was fucking amazing. So we'd be talking, uh, you know, like let's say we had like an Indian teacher or a Pakistani teacher at the school, which was very common, like somebody with that kind of a background. Um, <laughs> you know, the teacher would be up there and he'd be saying stuff. And he would just he would just lean in. I swear to God, it sounds like a meme, but he would just lean into the middle of the group, and we'd go, "What's up, David?" And he'd go, "Don't you think that these brown people they smell?" You'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, "I can I can smell him from here, all all the way over here. He smell. <laughs> we'd say, "Dave, Dave, you can't really say that like openly." And he'd go, "Why not? Obviously, everybody can smell him." <laughs> So we loved him of course. Cuz he was just he was just such a pure spirit. Like uh, he was a pure spirit in a world that you know wanted to to extinguish his candle. <laughs> why? Why are you why are you always sending uh, these teachers who smell? <laughs> like I can't smell anything. He's like yes you can. You're like you're right. You're right cuz you don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> guy i wonder what he's doing now it's got to be at least 20 years since i thought of that kid fucking what a legend all right anyway (laughs) where were we i'm rambling today fuck it who cares um where were we oh yes of course the experts ladies and gentlemen let's have a look Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Nine's
4: Late News. Millions of people in Western Australia stretching from Perth to the Margaret River are in the first hour of a five-day snap lockdown. Authorities reacting decisively and with breakneck speed to the one case of coronavirus. It's the first...
1: Thank you for keeping me safe. Yes. One case. So, Perth, like I've tried to explain to people before, Perth is the capital of the state of Western Australia. All right? Now, Perth as a state capital. I've been to Perth a few times. Love the place. It's very different, though. Now, Perth is... all right, Perth is the most isolated state... It's the most isolated capital city in the world, if you look at it on a map. And we here in Australia have a theory that that makes them a little bit different. They are. It's. I'm sorry, it's a different place. I've always had a good time in Perth. I've always had fun. But they are different. <laughs> they just have a different way of thinking about things. I think because they're so isolated. Now... Yes, you heard correctly. We are talking about over 2 million people. Over 2 million people have been thrown into a quote. This is what the the corporate media is referring to it as. A snap lockdown. A snap lockdown. Remember on this show we've spoken about, why, why would you want to own a fucking business now? Why would you want to own a business? At any moment, we've now just accept we've now accepted this as reality. At any moment, the government can just say, "Okay, by this time tomorrow, you're closed for a week." How how are you supposed to run a business like that? It's horrendous. And yes, remember that story we did a couple of what, maybe a month ago, from Adelaide in South Australia, where the whole economy was shut down for three days because. Uh, apparently a, pe- a guy who worked at a pizza shop didn't tell somebody that he also had another job, but he didn't inform the authorities or he lied to the authorities and said, oh, no, I was only a customer at the pizza shop. Instead, he was working at the pizza shop. So the government came out and said, we blame this man for lying to us. That's why we threw you know millions of people into an economic void via a lockdown because of th- what this one guy said. And on this show, I'm like, no, no, no. If you're blaming this lockdown on what this one guy said, that's your problem. That's that's showing how flimsy and weak and shitty the system is. We're based on what one guy who apparently works at a pizza shop says. That's enough. That's enough evidence. That's all you need. That's all you need to disrupt the lives of literally millions of people. That should be fucking horrifying for most people but of course it's not it's not they don't care they don't care most people agree with it most people think well it's a wonderful thing they're keeping us safe thank you for keeping me safe so I mean fuck me dead a month two months later whatever it is here we are again same thing different city different state but here we are again one guy gets sick. Oh, two million people can be thrown into lockdown. Bang, like that. No warning, no compensation, nothing. Just bang, you're into lockdown. And the media's like, yes, hard lockdown. We need this. We're, we're keeping people safe. It is fucking sick. It is sick, I'm telling you.
4: It's Community transmission in 10 months. We know the infected person is a hotel quarantine security guard. He worked on the same floor as a return traveller who had the UK super strain of the virus. The
1: super strain of the virus. Hey! That's... all. Oh, this is different. This is different. This doesn't count. This is a different story, different set of rules, guys. Right? We were watching in the media for months. Super. Oh, remember? The virus has mutated. There's now a super strain in the UK. Be careful of this super strain. Look at this fucking... Look at this mutated fucking killer we have on our hands here. Right? One guy. One.
4: And then the revelation, he had a second job as an Uber driver. A breach of the state's tough... Covid protocols. The impact of this infection is far-reaching. Schools closed. Businesses ordered to shut their doors. Masks now mandatory in public.
1: One guy. Because I have friends who like are Democrats, live in California, live in New York, right? Not friends, friends, but like internet friends, obviously. I have friends here who are friends, friends, who are like very Pro lockdown and pro left wing and stuff. It's it's, it's going to happen if you grow up in a left wing city like I did. Sorry, you're going you're going to have a lot of your friends growing up are on the opposite. The, they think different to you, but that's fine. You can still be friends. You don't have to hate them, despite what the internet has told you told you over the last five years. You don't have to hate people who disagree. Um, this this is the part of the show where I like to point out to these people who constantly tell me it's for our protections, for keeping us safe. Hey, we're losing, you know, X amount of people every day. We've, so many people have died, blah, 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 blah. And I keep saying to them, yes, but it doesn't matter if it gets to zero. Like, is this where, is this what you wanted? Remember how they said flattening the curve. Remember how they said, oh no, it just needs to be below a threshold. Do you realize how flat the curve is when one person gets sick? One Not even get sick, but apparently tests positive. So one person tests positive in a city and an area of 2 million people. And then that day, the government fucking locks you in your home. You cannot get the curve any flatter than that. It's just fucking... We're now a year into this. February marks the, marks the anniversary of this, believe it or not. Remember last year how they told us this is going to last for years and we laughed at them, didn't we? I did. I don't know about you. I fucking laughed at them. I said, yeah, sure it will. That's another thing I got wrong. <laughs> Never mind what I get right because people are like, oh, you got this right, you got this right. Yeah, we did, but, you know, we got a lot wrong too. <laughs> I didn't think that this would last a fucking 12 months. Maybe I maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't, maybe I, I definitely hoped that it didn't. No, that's a lie. That's a lie. I didn't think it would last 12 months. I, de- I genuinely didn't. There we go.
4: And as we've seen throughout this pandemic, states and territories are acting just as fast. Our team of reporters has everything you need to know and how it will affect you. Yeah. All right, let's begin our coverage with Darius Winterfield in Perth. Dari-
1: yeah, Darius, da, I'm sorry, Darius Winterfield Um, will leave you right there, hard-hitting journalist that he is. Uh, Here, here we go. Now, I want to put your minds at ease. The Sun, UK. UK currently going through very severe lockdowns. Listen to this for a headline. This is probably the best headline I've read in 2021. Next pandemic could put be a potentially deadly fungus... That's like a, quote, creature from the Black Lagoon, CDC warns. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, trust the site. Trust the experts. You know, the experts wouldn't lie to us. You know that there's a lot of fake news and exaggeration going on out there. Maybe we should just listen to experts like the CDC. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The CDC warns the next pandemic could be a potentially deadly fungus that's like the creature from the Black Lagoon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. We're not even through this pandemic, but scientists at the CDC are warning that the next one is likely to come from a a yeast-like fungus that closely resembles that of the Black Plague. We're not even through this pandemic and we're already talking about the next one. (laughs) (laughs) Candida auris is the, quote, perfect pathogen. Scientists at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said, theorising that the the yeast-like fungal infection could be the cause of the next pandemic. They're now openly telling you what the next pandemic is. Now, hey, now I want you to think about this. Let's say in 2022 or maybe 2023, all right? So maybe late 2022 or early 2023, something like that. Let's just say in an alternate universe that that there's a new pandemic, there's a new outbreak, and the outbreak is from a yeast-like it's, it's candida auris, okay? It's a, a yeast-like fungal infection. Let's just say that this happens in 2022 or 2023. I want you to remember this day, this show, this headline. Just store that away. Just store that away in the little memory bank, right? Monica's saying mid-21. No, that's too soon. We can still milk coronavirus for a while, I think. I think late 2022, early 2023. Because they, they want to have like at least a, a nine-month grace period, I think, from the end of coronavirus to the beginning of the next pandemic. Because you want to reward people, right? Because like otherwise, people are protesting and marching and it's getting more and more intense. Soon enough, they'll say, okay, let's open up the economy again and then all of that will dissipate, that will go away for a little while and that's when they'll start to bring in the next one, you know what I mean? If they were doing this, I'm not saying it's a conspiracy theory, but if it was like, that's what I would do. You have to give people a chance to like breathe again. But every time they breathe, like the snake, right? Every time they breathe, you squeeze in a little harder. Every time they stop to take a breath, that's when you push a little harder again if we were doing that but of course that would be a conspiracy theory first identified in 2009 i love the classics candida auris is almost impervious to antifungal drugs i mean on the upside every woman you know will have a yeast infection so no more slut shaming out there I have a yeast infection. So do I. Good. Wanna fuck? Hell yeah. Why not? We're all dying anyway. This is like the Black Plague. Have you heard of this? First identified in 2009, Candida auris is almost impervious to antifungal drugs. London's Imperial College epidemiologist Johanna Rhodes said, quote, one of the things that makes Candida auris so scary is the fact it can linger on inanimate surfaces for long periods. We've heard that before, haven't
2: we? (laughs)
1: We definitely heard that one before. (laughs) You know, it survives on hard plastic surfaces. Oh. There you have it. So. um, Oh yes, I need to show you this. So like I said, Perth, it was announced that Perth was going into like a hard lockdown, a snap lockdown. They were given hours notice this is what happened at the stores (laughs) this is what happened at the stores after a hard snap lockdown was announced are you ready for this (laughs) if you're listening to the podcast you can't see the local supermarket is just filled it looks like a sea of people it looks at everybody is shoulder shot it looks like peak hour on a tokyo fucking underground train man it is they are packed in there packed in there <laughs> imagine the stupidity of this imagine the world we live in celebrate the fact that we live in 2021 and we are able to witness all of this stupidity ladies and gentlemen The government announces that everybody needs to stay at home because there's a big chance everybody's going to die from coronavirus because one guy who worked at quarantine at a hotel got sick. One guy. Well, not got sick, tested positive, but close enough these days, right? So, one guy tested positive at working security at hotel quarantine, He also had, and I don't know if you know this or not, I don't want to alarm you, he also had a second job as well. Oh, really? Yes, did you hear? Wow, he was an Uber driver, was he? My God, guten Himmel, mein Gott. This man should have a job at Auschwitz. It's wonderful. He's amazing at clearing them out. Guten Himmel. So he was a security guard at the at the quarantine hotel. He had a second job driving Uber. Now this is enough, all right? So 2021, that's already, like I say, that's a level on the ladder. Now go up to the next step on the ladder. That was enough to make the government say to two million people, okay, starting tonight, you're locked in your homes. That was enough. My God, good name. <laughs> and it, and not only did people accept it not only did people go that's a great idea not only did the media say thank you for keeping me safe this then causes a run on the stores so the reason for the reason for locking people down is supposed to be to keep them separate from each other The second the government announces we need to lock everybody down because everybody could get sick, everybody goes to one place at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) We deserve this. Look at us. Look at what we're doing. (laughs) Hey. We need to lock everybody down to keep everybody separate. Good idea. When does this happen? Eight o'clock. Okay, at seven o'clock, let's all meet at the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We're fucking, we're, we're insane. We are insane. The, the ironic part of this is, like, I guarantee you, I fucking guarantee it, of people in this supermarket scene would agree with the lockdown. Yes, keep me safe, lock us down. Can't let the virus spread while they're bumping into strangers. It's fucking ridiculous. (laughs) I love being an Australian. I really do. You know, if I could come back as any other nationality, I think I would come back as Finnish. There's something about the cold detachment and high suicide rates that just really appeals to me. (laughs) I don't know what it is. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, you know, we've got to keep people safe. Expert calls for bracelet tracking system in hotel quarantine amid Western Australian outbreak. Remember, the, the, the place where one guy tested positive. One guy tests positive at a hotel, and now we wanna put now we wanna put bracelet tracking systems on people, like they were dogs. One guy. And Lucifer Sam, you know, I love you, bro. You know, we get on very well, myself and Lucifer Sam. Um, and I know he's going to be listening to the replay because he's probably at work right now. So, Sam, this one goes to you. You keep telling me, oh, wait, but the numbers are too high. We need to get the numbers down, mate. <laughs> you can, ha- The number can be one, and they're going to start putting fucking tracking collars on people. Be careful what you wish for, bro. I don't think you get this. I don't think you get where we're headed here. The government is not trying to protect you from coronavirus. You protect yourself. That's the only one that matters. (laughs) The only protection that matters is the protection you offer yourself. And if that means if you're afraid of coronavirus not going to work, if that means washing your hands a lot, if that means wearing a mask, then so be it. If that makes you comfortable. I'm definitely not an anti-mask guy. If I go into a store and somebody working there says, hey, can you please put on a mask? I go, no worries, man. And I put that mask on. You know why? Because if I was working at the store and uh, these things were happening that were making me uncomfortable, if that was a reasonable request and somebody didn't want to do it, I'd fucking kick them out. (laughs) It's my store. Fuck you. My, My store, my rules, fuck off. So if I want to go in there, I respect them. I'm like, yeah, you know what, man? No worries. I'm in there five minutes, who gives a fuck? I ripped the mask off. If it makes that guy's day a little easier, then so be it. I've worked shitty jobs in retail. I don't know about you. Nobody's getting paid 10 bucks an hour to argue with asshole customers. Nobody cares that much, so I'm not going to make their life harder. But one guy getting sick, and now we want to track everybody. Like, with homing beacons. This is great. It'll never happen here. Thank you for keeping me safe. As Western Australia battles a COVID-19 outbreak, an epidemiologist and advisor to the World Health Organization, because we know how credible they are. The WHO. Good guys. They're the good guys in all of this. (laughs) Foggy in the chat. Boogie loved his old job at JJ's. I wish. I wish that I worked at JJ's. I can tell you that um, I have a trade in the food service industry and I'm not a chef. I I guess not the food service industry, but the food supply industry. And I haven't done it since I got my trade certificate, which was like, what, nearly 20 years ago now. I finished my trade when I was 20, I think, 20 years old. Started at 16. So, (laughs) and I haven't done it since. But it's in the it's in the food it's in the food industry, roughly speaking. If that helps you out at all, see what you can come up with. <laughs> Probably explains a lot about uh, my lack of faith in humanity. Really, a bracelet tracking system. Listen to this. This is just openly now talked about. A bracelet tracking system could strengthen Western Australia's hotel quarantine system and allow those from low-risk countries to isolate at home. According to University of New South Wales infection control expert, Professor Mary Louise McLaws. McLaws. Like big back? McLaws. McLaws proposes new laws. Sandwich artist? No, that's not a trade, Foggy. No, like a recognised trade. From like, had to go to TAFE, had to do four years, had to be ticked off by the government. Recognised trade. Professor McLaws said uh, tracking bracelets could lessen the risk of COVID-19 leaking out of hotel quarantine by ensuring no one inappropriately enters or leaves their room. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like how they put enters before? (laughs) You know, the reason that we would have tracking bracelets is to make sure that nobody goes into your room. Oh, really? You're keeping me safe. Yes! <laughs> also, we want to make sure that you don't leave. Winning TV has it in the trap, Which over. Winning TV has it. Butcher it is. Well done. Congratulations. 1,000 internets to Winning TV. Dlive.tv slash Winning TV. Yeah, so don't fuck with me. Because I have a desk drawer full of like 12-inch steak knives, foot-long steak knives with like nice big bullhorn fucking <laughs> bullhorn noses on the front of them. Oh, yeah. Carve a motherfucker up. <laughs> she also said that tracking bracelets could be worn by hotel staff to ensure only those trained to do so could enter special areas. This is great. Listen to this. You really need a system <clears throat> where no one's leaving that room. If there has been a breach that can be dealt with instantaneously, not once a cleaner or a staff member has been found to be infected. You really, you, we really need a system where we can make sure that people are locked in a room like that movie with, oh God, what was that movie? Was it, ah, Fortress. Remember Fortress? Where they inject. Fortress, where they inject like the little explosive devices into their stomach. And if they walk outside a line, the guy from Highlander is in it. I don't remember his name because he's not that good. (laughs) If they walk outside a line, the, the little bomb explodes in their stomach. What a fucking movie that was. I watched that when I was like 13 years old. High as fuck. The bracelets are designed so that you can get the locators to tell you where they are it is also to tell you whether their blood pressure is increasing and if they might be unwell yes it's because of... <laughs> <laughs> the people wear the bracelets and while they were yes christopher lambert mobtech in the chat well done mobtech christopher lambert it is absolutely fuck hasn't hasn't he done nothing <laughs> Be the shittiest actor I've ever seen, Christopher Lambert. Probably a great guy, but he knows he stays in his lane. He knows. Always does the same thing like that. Big insp- Christopher Lambert is a big inspiration for my movie guy voice. You know, like coming this summer. <laughs> a, a tale of friends hitting the open road. Coming this summer. You know, the movie preview guy that's just basically me doing a Christopher Lambert he's a B movie guy, he was a B movie guy before there were B movie guys can you imagine if Christopher Lambert was still a young man when Sharknado came out he would have been all over that fuck off uh, Steve from Melrose Place or whoever he was, you know the guy with the curly hair with the funny long name that starts with an I anyway, where the fuck were we it's one of those. It's one of those shows. I didn't have much sleep last night. Uh, I'm still warming into the week. Work's been a little cray cray. So there you have it. Look, I've got I've got so much stuff here. Experts, experts, experts. We've got about twenty minutes left. There's a couple of ways we can go here. Look, so here was this was my plan, right? So maybe we'll do this on Wednesday. We've got double masking, triple masking, quadruple masking. <laughs> and the progression from one masking level to the next, which is fun, I guess. Maybe we'll open the show with that on Wednesday. But we can do some other fun stuff. Um, We can do... There's, there is actually something I want to show you, but it's very it's very self-serving. Frozen Asian sent me a clip of a wrestler I used to like back in the 90s who's now doing a cooking show. <laughs> and I had no idea so we can watch it. Because I'm not a wrestling fan. You know, I'm definitely not a wrestling fan. Like, I know Mersh and Frozen Asian and stuff, other guys, uh, Danny Saint, right? Uh, A lot of JJ. These guys are wrestling fans. I'm not a wrestling fan, but I was a wrestling fan, like, say, between the years of 1995 and 1999. I reckon around that time. Like, late teens, used to um you know get high and go to our friend's house and watch the pay-per-views and shit wcw all the way i didn't care about wwf i didn't because we didn't have it here we didn't have wwf wcw was on the the turner network here so we could get that on cable tv so i only had wcw so um but like that three year period so there was a guy who was in this wrestling in this era of wrestling his name was la parker right I, th- I assume a Mexican guy, but I can't be sure. And he would wear, like, you know that old costume where it's like a skeleton on top of a black bodysuit? Like every You know the costume. Everybody wears them. So he would wear one of them, and he was called the, the, uh, the chairman of WCW because he used to walk out with a chair with the other person's name written on it. <laughs> like, so he would hit them with the chair. One of my favorites, <laughs> just because it was so fucking dumb. He always had a little belly on him too, but now he's he's gone full-blown ombre fat guy. So we can check that out. Um, but we can also do this if you want. How about this? Because uh, I... Yes. Uh, Nick Fruit Loops in the chat. WCW was big in Australia. Yes, it was. We can also do this. Andrew Yang participated in a Zoom mayoral debate the other day. <laughs> As you know, on this show, we are endorsing Andrew Yang for mayor of New York because I think it would be amazing. I actually don't mind Andrew Yang. There's a few things that I agree with him on. Obviously, there's a whole bunch that I don't. But there's a few things that I do agree with him on. But I think it would be great for him to be elected mayor of New York just to see what happens. Like, Just to see what happens. Someone a bit different. I, I don't agree with UBI, but fuck it. Who cares at this point? We're all going to die anyway. We're all sinking anyway. The ship is sinking anyway, so may as well... All right, you know what? Fucking throw it in. Let's go, New York. <laughs> UBI for New York. Let's see what happens here. Let's see what happens when you give a whole bunch of people who have been rioting for the last 12 months free money. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Fuck, who cares? So we can do whack... Uh, the what we can do that we can do other stuff I don't know tell me what do you what do you want to do press one in the chat for news press two in the chat for La Parker cooking show press three in the chat for Andrew Yang you tell me think I think the threes just have it I think the threes have it all right so let's do Andrew Yang let's do Yang remember when he sucked the um the whipped cream god that was fun I like I said I don't mind him why not throw a little bit of chaos into it throw a little bit of chaos bombs back into the system why not bro culture bullying drove women on Andrew Yang's 2020 campaign to therapy I told you, I told you. I unironically like him now. The Listen to this. The bro culture and bullying. The, the best part about this is the New York Post is so tone deaf. They don't think, they think that this is an attack piece. They think that this is a smear job on Andrew Yang. They're actually making him look so much better. The bro culture on bu- and bullying on Andrew Yang's presidential campaign was so intense. This is the article. Some women claim they were emotionally scarred by working there. Elect him. Elect him now, today. Install him. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like... Sounds exactly like just the guy New York needs. A real boys club guy. One high-ranking former campaign official with a decade of experience under her belt said she was sidelined in favour of a 21-year-old man then given a financial statement to make a quiet exit yes maybe Andrew Yang trying to appeal to the younger demographic didn't want somebody who's been in politics for 10 years sweetheart and maybe they gave you hush money so you don't talk about what their plans are in the campaign Maybe he wanted somebody who was like 21-year-old dude from New York. Like, what are the kids talking about, bro? (laughs) I hope he wins. I hope he wins, because fuck these people. Yang, a high-profile candidate to replace Mayor de Blasio, admitted his failed bid for the White House didn't make sure all employees were heard and respected. Here's the thing, right? There is no way that he... He knew that he wasn't going to win the White House. He knew that he wasn't going to be president. But he was using that as a stepping stone for this, I suspect, all along. I suspect his whole run for president and putting like sta- he remember, he got a lot, he got more attention than Tulsi Gabbard did. Those two were like the kind of like the the spiritual outsiders. I know people are gonna say, no, they're communists, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. I get what you're saying. But I mean outside from the one outside of the like accepted, you know, window of democratic candidates for that election. They were definitely outside that. So Yang would throw like statements out there and get attention and get social media. He got himself on the debate stage, he was nobody. He was a no- he was a nobody. It was fucking well done. But I suspect that was all for getting like um you know, getting profile and stuff for his Mayoral run in in New York, which I hope he wins. I really do. I promise. I, like I'm not being, This isn't like a John McAfee thing. I'm not joking. I want Andrew Yang to win. And you can say he's going to be horrible, and it's like, yeah, but who isn't? <laughs> so why not? <laughs> you know, they're all horrible. So why not go with the one that's going to be fun? Yang, a high-profile profi- uh, high candidate to replace Mayor Bill de, Blas- de Blasio, you're a fucking fucking cunt rag. You're a cunt Admitted his failed bid for the White House didn't make sure all employees were, quote, heard and respected. The presidential campaign team, quote, didn't account for how much our male-dominated culture alienated female and non-binary employees. I wish we had. For that, I am deeply sorry. (laughs) Here's the thing. I'm telling you, right? You don't have to believe me. You don't have to believe me, I promise. But I'm telling you, this is what I think. I don't think for a second that Andrew Yang thinks any of, like, the woke bullshit and, like, alienating non-binary employees. I fucking guarantee you he doesn't believe in that at all. I guarantee you. You know why? Because he's Asian. (laughs) I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, he thinks that is all bullshit. He does. Andrew Yang is concerned about things like, how are we going to find people jobs when the robots take over? You know why? Because he's a fucking Asian. (laughs) Because they're smart like that. And I have not met one single Asian in my life that would, like, unironically say that never 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 not one not one winning TV based Asians I told you like you know David back in high school hey books yeah man why do they always send a repressive teacher who fucking smell don't you think of the brown people that smell I, you can't say that man oh why not they, they feel sad huh huh <laughs> Oh, they're making him sad. Yeah. You're, you're not his mouth. You're too afraid to say because you're a white coward. <laughs> a white man a coward. You're not saying what you think. <laughs> oh, Dave, where are you? David, if you're listening somehow, someway, get in touch with me, you crazy fucking Chinaman. Uh, the former Democratic presidential candidate has faced accusations of a male-dominated culture. Perish the thought within his political team, and a former graduate test prep company as far back as 2019. The problem is, in general, this campaign is being run by bros who promote bros. Yeah, a little bro culture. Woo! Woo! Why can't we have a little bro culture? You mean there's men promoting men? How dare they? (laughs) We should we should only be promoting vaginas. That's the only way we're going to succeed here. I told you, I like Yang. I like him. So let's have a look here. Oh man, I missed a story. All right, before we go to the Andrew Yang debate for New York Mayor, I have to I do have to show you this Um, because we were talking. My plan was to go from the previous coronavirus stories into this story. And I don't want to end on a shitty note, but Jesus Christ, I feel, I, I think I just have to play this and let you see what's happening here.
4: It's a story that's broken hearts right across Queensland. A dying mum, desperate to see her son in hotel quarantine, knocked back by Queensland Health six times. Tonight, the family is speaking out as they plan for her funeral with a strong message to the state government.
3: She's just got such a short time left. Just give him. Give him ten minutes, give him five minutes, stand guard over him.
6: They're the desperate calls from a family who would have given up anything to reunite a son with his terminally ill mother. Now it's too late.
0: My sister's dead.
6: For two weeks inside hotel quarantine on the Gold Coast, Marco Martilla was holding on to hope he'd get to say goodbye. The chance to give his mum, Annalie, one last hug. I
5: didn't get to see her. We were four hours too, too late to be released out of quarantine.
6: Analy-
1: <laughs> this is worth this is worth mentioning, right? For a long time I've closely followed um, this is probably not going to come as any shock to anybody um, but I've, I've closely followed groups like um, Amnesty International and stuff not that I believe everything not that I believe that they're always wholesome and stuff of course politics fucking destroys everything it touches so of course but like as a general core belief I, like see for example like Americans don't like me saying this I'm against capital punishment I, I don't believe in state sanctioned murder sorry I, I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to hand that power to any authority to say okay you can die we decide that you die now like I, I I'm not comfortable with that um because people are shitty <laughs> so he's so for a long time I followed like these groups who fight against capital punishment and stuff Amnesty International for one um they try to do a lot of work in like various bureaucracies around the west even but other parts of the world you know third world places and shit trying to eliminate the idea that it's okay for a government to kill people like that should never be part of the arrangement and there there, there are this is the thing there are there are anti camp there are anti there are pro Criminal justice, I hate the term criminal justice. It's so shitty. But there are pro-criminal justice people within these organizations who, like, you would have a better chance, if you were a rapist on death row, you have a better chance of being allowed to go to a hospital to see your dying mother than somebody who arrives in the state two weeks ago that's 2021 that is where we are now if you're a convicted fucking killer you have a better shot at seeing your dying family members than somebody who is completely innocent, who is not infected with coronavirus, who is not sick, who lives interstate explain to me because the people who fight for those rights for criminals are also the same ones who say you need to support the government and all the decisions they do it's it's a sick sick incestuous corrupt fucked up situation and they support they now so they like groups like Pro-human rights groups now openly support political candidates. Of course they're being fucking corrupted. It's disgusting. But they'll fight for a rapist's right to see their dying mother. But when an innocent person who lives interstate tries to see their dying mother, they say, sorry, got to follow the rules. Got to trust the science, bro. Sorry about that. Got to stay in hotel quarantine for two weeks. But I'm not even sick. Fuck you. We can't. We've got to have rules. We're keeping people safe. We're protecting people. Don't you think it's fucking hideous? Don't you think it's disgusting? You know. I'm I'm a very laid back person. I'm I'm very you know people. Uh, you can say I'm black pilled, whatever. I've just accepted fate that we're doomed. So you know I'm very happy <laughs> because I've accepted my fate, right? Um, but sh- shit like that still still gets me. It's every it does. Shit like that still reaches inside of you and twists twists the knife in your belly. It's disgusting. It is. This fucking poor guy. <laughs> like, there would have there would have been police in the lobby of the hotel he was staying in. I know because I see these hotels every single night when I'm in Sydney. There are army personnel patrolling the lobbies of these fucking hotels, making sure people don't go in or out without authorization. And so six times he reached out to his government and said, "Look, test me. Do whatever you got to do. I don't care." My mum is fucking dying. I want to see her before she dies. No, nah, fuck you. Got to follow the rules. Of course, this comes from the same state government in Queensland that openly said to people, um, hey, if you're, if you're a sportsman or you're an entertainer or you're a singer or whatever, then we'll let you in because those people bring money to our economy. I mean, they openly said that. And it's a left-wing government in Queensland, believe it or not. You know the the guys that are supposed to care about the little people? Yeah, them, them, fellow Australians, them. I'm not saying the conservatives are necessarily any better because they're not. Um, but Jesus Christ, you've got to at least be honest with yourselves. Mm. Ah, it just it just really gets me. It really gets me. It does. I don't know. I mean Jesus we should be so fucking lucky if we're on our deathbed and somebody wants to spend time with us that's a fucking blessing that's a blessing if you've gone through life and you haven't fucking uh, angered and annoyed everybody in your social circle to the point where at least one person wants to show up on your deathbed and hold your hand while you pass into the next into the next life, and to have some fucking, to have some chicken neck little fucking pansy from the government. No, no, sorry, we gotta follow the rules. Uh, I think you'll appreciate that we don't want to make anyone see, uh, to to have that as the thing that. I oh, mean, no, please, it's disgusting. I hate it.
6: ...passed away on Thursday night, Marco was let out at midnight.
0: He had to come home to his dead mother.
6: Despite six exemption attempts and the backing of doctors explicitly outlining his mum's deteriorating health, every single one was knocked back.
5: When my mother actually did pass away, I, I, I tried again. I called the reception who contacted the Queensland police
6: by that point he'd already returned four negative covid tests but still Queensland health wouldn't budge
1: he proved he proved he didn't have covid four times hey hey if if you've if you've got this fucking idea that you know you're protecting people and you're keeping people safe. On Wednesday, we uh, on Wednesday I'm going to fucking hammer the COVID people hard, just so you're aware. If you want to, Wednesday six p.m. we'll be back. I'm not going. I might take a little leak. I th- I feel like we need to go overtime because we have to do the Andrew Yang debate. So maybe we'll go like a half hour overtime or something. I'll do another little five minute break. grab, an- grab another drink. Fuck it, why not? I never go overtime these days. Let's do a little bit of overtime today. But if you're one of these people that like, oh, we're keeping people safe. The government loves you. The government protects you. Just wait until it's you that's doing this. Just wait. Just wait until it's you trying to see a dead family, a dying family member, to have some idiotic, you know, policy stance. That, that's the dangerous thing about bureaucrats, man. If it's not written down in part of, as part of the policy statement, we don't allow it. I don't know. It's horrifying. All right, look. I do have to go to the toilet. I do have to take a piss. Um, We'll go a little bit overtime. We'll do the Andrew Yang thing. Fuck it. Extra show. Why not? Fuck it. Who cares? Uh, Stick around. Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. head of the British Garage Door Repairers and Glassmakers' Association, Lord Clarence Cobblepot.
0: Well, I, I truly have uh, no uh, hesitations, it's just uh, Ian Michael is a visionary. Uh, possibly the most uh, wonderful, talented glassmaker we've ever seen, you know, of this generation. Uh, I recommend him to all of our, our, our service members and all of our, our union members, we require only the best in quality. and michael glass art not just dildos and butt plugs
7: do you suffer from mass hysteria not knowing whether to wear a mask or not do you suffer from paranoia constantly in fear of karen's do you suffer from anti-laughism the inability to laugh and smile no matter what happens to you well
5: Chah Worthington here with
6: cha Money Live. Where you can have a chahoot chananny of a good time. We have everything from chakarn events to a chasourcing of a Karens, where these chakarens just be going crazy. It's off the hinge We even got Karens jumping off of trailers. We got Karens going crazy over french fries. We even have Karens that think they have the force. It's insane over here at Live. So I appreciate you. Come on down. We got the phone lines are always open. We'd love to have
2: you.
0: Side effects may include dizziness, lack of oxygen, due to hysterical laughing, and the inability to shield off carriers Can come within six feet of your the expansion of the mind due to the overload of factual information, not fake news, confidence, and the lack of bullshit in your life, and the instant ability to become based. For instance, help to meet these symptoms, please contact the trauma you're not Hotline immediately or seek your closest woke friend. May be able to calm you during your
6: time in transition from sleep to wake. <laughs>
1: at the Daily Boogie, we respect our elders.
3: Mr. Mueller, rather than purely relying on the evidence provided by witnesses and documents, I, I think you relied a lot on media. I'd like to know how many times you cited the Washington
0: Post in your report. How many times I what? Cited the Washington Post. <laughs> how many times I what?
1: Mr. Mueller, I'd like to know how many times you cited the Washington Post in your report. Sorry, would I like some toast? No, no, no. How many times did you cite the Washington Post? I'm sorry, at the party am I a good host? I'm a very good host. No, no, Mr. Muller. How many
0: times? Yes. Did you cite? Yes, yes. The Washington Post. The Washington Host. I, well, I don't know the Washington Post, but I've heard good things about him. There's always lots of hors d'oeuvres. You know, I, I, I remember back when I was a younger man. Younger man, we, we would host we would host many soirées. Of course, back then. Of course, back then. Uh, I was I was quite debonair. I was a big big fan with the ladies. The ladies very much enjoyed my company, and uh, myself and the Washington host would get around, uh, make make tremendous friends. And then of course I would always be up at the crack of dawn the next day to get the daily news because as you know in those days they didn't bring the newspaper to your front door. You would have to go down the go down the road to get it yourself. And I would always make sure that I had a sixpence in my pocket to ride the trolley. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mr. Muller, how many times did you cite the Washington Post? Oh, the Washington Post, yes. Oh, it was a tremendous paper. I remember back in the early days, you could purchase the Washington Post, a cup of coffee, and ride the trolley, all for around four cents. Those were a, t- it was a tremendous time to be alive.
4: Post your report. I, have, I do not have knowledge of that yeah. figure, but I, I well, that's I, a, I don't have knowledge of that figure.
3: I counted about sixty times. How many times did you cite the New York Times? I counted. Yeah, I have
4: no idea.
3: I counted about.
1: I, the- I have no idea because I didn't write the fucking thing. Subscribe to the Daily Boogie podcast. It's what Granddad wanted
3: This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got you have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms. Police have reported. More I this world
0: can get you down.
3: There's just one thing you can do.
2: Get back up and shake it all around. No
0: one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. It. Come on, everybody, boogie boogie tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. It. Come on, everybody, boogie boogie tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. It. Come on, everybody, boogie boogie tonight.
1: Coming back again. Third half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us. Don't forget later on tonight, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Rational Times, everybody's favourite lover of French women, uh, Don't forget tomorrow morning as well, Lois Ropez with Way Dave, uh, JJ Stoner, tip of the hat. Uh, the ROTC boys as well. Uh, Sunday Night Shit Show, Frozen Asian Spent D, Joy of Pessy, Major Tom, of course. Kimmy Show, you got the Kimmy Show. Don't forget winning TV as well. Victor von Schroom. And anyone else. I may have forgotten. Um, all right, so let's get into this. Because I did want to watch some of this. <laughs> so this. <laughs> this apparent this apparently is the This was the debate for Mayor of New York. Anyone would think that it's not. Like. <laughs> anyone would think that it's not the most arguably the the largest and most important city on planet Earth, because it is. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't want to say it, but New York is not. Population wise. Not population-wise. Not population-wise, but definitely like with the with the stock exchange and everything like that. Like if if New York takes a shit, everybody else has to wipe. You know what I mean? It's just the way it is. Nobody cares really if comedy writers are, t- are going on strike in L.A. But everybody would care if, um, you know, investors and shit went on strike in New York. So. so this is apparently, I mean, it looks like a Zoom meeting at a low level, like a, a middle management level at a supermarket chain, Yeah. You know? Andrew, can you tell us about the latest produce figures? Yes, I can. Uh, avocados are doing exceptionally well. I really think that the special that we put on them, two ninety nine, uh, that's really shifting them in the lower socioeconomic stores that we have out there in the hood. That's great, Tyro. Uh, have you got any? Have you got any more on like our policy on when what times we allow sales reps in to our busy city stores? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna bring them oh, thank in. Thank you for coming. I'll see you I in here. <laughs> We're going to bring him in between the hours of 9 and 11. The kids have already been dropped off to school. That's great. That's great. So, like I said, this is this is the mayoral, mayoral debate. Notice, I do notice that Bill de Blasio is not there, and I don't blame him. I do not blame him. Because why would he? <sighs> He's the incumbent. He only has to wait until somebody emerges from this pack of fucking warriors here. Uh, like I said, Yang gang all the way. I want Andrew Yang to win, but fuck. Let's have a look.
3: About the vaccines they deserve.
1: Okay. Mr. Yang.
6: Errol, you look so good and casual. Uh, there's something about, like, i got to say, it's a great look. You should bring it to TV. <laughs> I,
1: I swear to
2: God.
1: <laughs> I haven't watched any of this, I swear. I skipped to the part where like I was looking at the little thumbnail. You know when you fast forward on YouTube and you look at the little thumbnail to see where you are in the video? I was looking at the part for when Andrew Yang was speaking and then I got to the start of his thing. You look very good and casual. What's what's with the um the bow tie just above? Is that a libertarian candidate with the bold frame glasses? I'd like to think so. Possibly trans. I could feel it in my bones definitely trans. If if not trans, then lesbian. I think that, that much we can be sure of. The guy in the middle is Sean for New York City. He's wearing glasses that you would, you would expect to see on Estelle Getty in the Golden Girls. Ma! So he's probably going for the old Jewish vote. The guy to the right, so the right hand side panel in the middle looks high as fuck. Look at this. From me, I know that I am so much right hand side halfway down, middle box.
2: When I look at what done, it's like look two. So yes. At
1: Jim N-Word, exactly. Say it with me now, Mayor Andrew Yang. Let's have a look at what Andrew's got to say.
6: Um so this rollout has been incredibly frustrating for so many, and there are three sites in Brooklyn that had this scenario play out over this weekend, which is you had dozens of workers, you had hundreds of vaccines or doses, and then you didn't have the patients.
1: Uh, and we're watching watching Democrats debate is kind of funny because in the end they're so uniformed in their policy stances that they only disagree. Like the only disagreements they really have is accusing the other ones of being morally. Impure, you know, (laughs) over and over again. That's the democrat debates are very entertaining, like that. It's like, well, yes, I agree, I agree with your stance on transgender toilets. I think we can all agree that all illegal immigrants should be allowed to enter the US and, um, you know, take positions and become citizens. I think we all agree that open borders is a good idea. But let me ask you this. In 1986, when you said that uh, the African-American population is experiencing a spike in crime, were you not just simply ceremonially burning a flag in honour of the KKK? (laughs) And everyone in the audience goes, ooh, (laughs) because they're that retarded. God love them. (laughs) <laughs> it, it, trust me, it's the same kind of that's what left wing debates sound like here in Australia as well. Same in the UK. It's only the boring people that talk about policy and tax and the economics and that kind of thing.
6: They, there was one doctor who reported vaccinating three patients all day when they vaccinated 70 on an earlier occasion and making matters worse, they were told that they could not reach out to patients to actually fill that, that capacity for the day this is just a a failure of bureaucracy and leadership at an unconscionable level because at this point any delay in vaccine rollout is costing us lives and costing us a chance at a genuine recovery my job as your mayor will be to accelerate our recovery as quickly as possible Mm. and do it in an
1: equitable way if we we all know this is good (laughs) the vaccines are not coming out fast enough See how, see how different the conversations are on the other side of the spectrum? Wow. If you vote for me, I'll get a, I'll get a needle into your arm quicker than anybody else here. Well, yes, that sounds amazing. Thank you for keeping me safe, Mr. Yang. I so know
6: that people of colour are not going to get vaccinated at the same level if you have a level playing field because they have lower access technology, lower levels of resources, less time. So what you want to do is you want to actually bring it to them in Brownsville and say, look, we're going to change the age el- eligibility in this community to try and equalize it. And they-
1: <laughs> Look, look, just give the young uppity blacks the needle and then we can all get on with our day. <laughs> that's, that's the Asian translation for you. Look, just give it to them. There there are three black men on this panel. And he's like, look, no, we'll just go into your neighbourhood and give it to your people. <laughs> <laughs> and then that way everybody will be equal. Then everybody can shut up. <laughs> then you need a
6: way to quickly verify that you've been vaccinated on your smartphone so that we can reopen yes, schools. Yes, yes. We can reopen our...
1: Yeah, the only way to reopen schools is if we have a tracking app on your smartphone. <laughs> Andrew Yang. I told you he was good. Why not? <laughs> Fucking go for it. I wonder if they went... <laughs> I wonder if children still went to school during previous pandemics or not. No, no. Now the only way that you can get back to school, the only way to get back to normal is to be tracked from the moment you leave your own home. <laughs> <laughs> It's up to you, New
0: York, New York.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If I can make it there, I'll make it
6: anywhere. Places of business, we can reopen the city for the 60 million missing tourists who supported over 300,000 jobs in our city this is mission critical and a failure on this level that's mission costing critical us
7: lives is completely unconscionable okay thank you candidates um i want to uh, start a but uh, we can take maybe about 10 minutes to uh, have a, a discussion about public safety oh I yes start with you, mr adams you uh made a proposal that was adopted wholesale by the current mayor uh to have uh, community precinct councils uh contribute to the process of selecting and evaluating uh, precinct commanders. Jesus, uh, as you know, my Christ. dad actually had that job.
1: Oh, it's already a job. Wow, I've, I've been listening for two minutes and I'm all drowning in bu- i am already drowning in bureaucratic management speak. Oh God, how awful! New York must be very different from what we grow up imagining it is. Listen to how about listen to this for a fucking question.
6: For the sixty million missing tourists, to who this over three hundred thousand jobs in our city.
1: This is mission. I, I mean, the 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 host of this this fucking lives. The host of this Zoom conference, <laughs> um, which is apparently a mayoral debate for the one of the most influential cities in the world. Um, <laughs> the, the host of this Zoom conference, he just spat out something that wouldn't be misplaced being overheard at the at the. You know, the lunchroom of a government department. Oh, well, you know, we've appointed the new bureaucracy. We've appointed the new head of uh, the commission here for vaccine rollouts. So let me tell you something. The department has come up with some amazing... Uh, fuck me dead. The commission... Oh, we've got a new guy on the board, the commission. The commission oversees the board, and the board oversees the department, and the department oversees the caregivers. Fucking <laughs> what a nightmare. I'm already drowning in bureaucratic lingo, and it's coming from the host of a debate.
6: What's costing us lives is completely unconscionable.
7: Okay.
1: Thank listen you,
7: Candidate. Listen um, this. I want to uh, start a... but uh, We can take maybe about 10 minutes to uh, have a, a discussion 10 about minutes. public wow. safety. Okay. And I want to start with you, Mr. Adams. <laughs> you uh, made a proposal that was adopted wholesale by the current mayor uh, to have uh, community precinct councils... Uh, <laughs> Contribute to the process oh of God. selecting and evaluating uh,
1: precinct commanders.
2: <laughs> uh, uh,
1: makes me sick. This kind of bureaucratic fucking management speak. I hate it so much. That that that's what raping the English language sounds like. If the English language was a, a 16-year-old Swedish girl on the streets of Mogadishu. <laughs> If the English language could cry out in sheer terror, pain and loathing at the same time, it would sound like what that guy just said if the English language was getting raped. Fuck. dark.
7: Uh, as you know, my dad actually had that job for a number of years as well in Brooklyn. Oh, so uh, the, proud the of him. The flip side of, of having community input in mm-hmm. who runs the local precinct is the potential for corruption. Uh, and we've seen a lot of that even without uh, uh, input from, from precinct councils. How would you guard against that? Okay, and, and, and Eric, may I have a point of uh, clarity? <laughs> yes. Because I believe at the start of the forum you
2: stated... By,
7: by the way, dumb, dumb
1: move here. Dumb move here. Uh, the guy at the bottom, the bottom middle row uh, who's speaking now, the black guy, look at the room he's shooting his Zoom conference in. I mean he's got lighting it looks it looks like it looks like the the lounge of the frequent flyers club <laughs> you know there's like some random african artworks that are illuminated via downlight behind a glass cabinet there's one chair next to a coffee table and the whole the whole surface of the coffee table is taken up by a vase with flowers in it so like you can't even put a, glass, a cup of coffee down on the coffee table. You have to sit it on your lap awkwardly. And the lap you'll be using will be the one provided by this chair, which looks like uh, something out of the IKEA summer collection. Uh, I mean, at least the, uh, like, one's in front of a... Three, four of them in, are in front of bookshelves. The white guy decided to go with the fern with a few books... Sean from New York City has gone for the artwork so he's going to be the portrait in the middle. Yang's got the bookshelf and the fern. So he's covering both bases. I told you he's he's the he's the best one. He's the smartest one. Should we go for the fern or should we go for the bookshelf? Because you see top right-hand side, look. These are <laughs> these are apparently political zoom call prerequisites. You either have to have a bookshelf or a fern. So look, the host is on the left hand side, top left hand corner and we'll work our way down, okay? So top left hand corner, that's the host. He's irrelevant. He's still got a bookshelf. Candidate to the right of him, bookshelf. Candidate to the right of her, fern. Candidate below her, bookshelf. Candidate to the left of him, paintings. Different, and he's in the middle. Candidate to the left of him, bookshelf. Candidate to the bottom of her, Fern and Bookshelf, candidate to the right of him, frequent flyer lounge at the airport. I mean, good luck to you. But he's he's definitely trying to break the mould here, but he's kind of also showing off money, which people don't appreciate, believe it or not. Not showing off money. If you saw um, Donald Trump giving an interview... It was either, like, out the front of the White House or walking on a red carpet or something, or, uh, let's say, when he called into Fox, he never did video calls. It was just a voice call, right? He has, like, lavish, gold-fucking-polluted lobbies in hotels and shit that he could give TV interviews from, but he didn't do it. There's a reason. It's like... um you know, something I learned very at a very young age uh, from the union movement, the union leader who is playing golf with the, with the company owner on the weekends, who pretends like he's on your side, uh, when he goes to the union rally and says, yes, you should keep striking, keep the pressure up, uh, because unbeknownst to yourself, he's actually trying to build factional support for a local government run and not actually looking out for the, rights of the workers and whatnot but and so he plays golf with the company owner on the weekend and this is all just a fucking theater this is all just a show to build support for his electoral run and the guy that he's fighting against knows it and you don't as a union member Uh, (laughs) yeah keep that in mind so in this world where everything is just kind of manufactured and stuff There are certain things that have to be done. (laughs) There are certain things that must be checked off. And one of them is... So, like, the union leader at the union rally, he has a garage full of... Well, full. Let's say three cars. A a Jaguar, an Aston Martin, and a Ferrari. Right? Because this union leader has been in the game for about 30 years and made friends with people in high places. But... What car do you think he drives to the Union Rally? Do you think he drives... I'll give you the option. Press 1 in the chat if you think he drives the Ferrari. Press 2 in the chat if you think he drives the Aston Martin. Press 3 in the chat if you think he drives the Jaguar. Or press 4 in the chat if you think he drives a cheap rental car to the Union Rally. A cigarette here. Fuck it. Yep, you guys aren't dumb. You are not dumb. The cheap rental car. Hmm. I can tell you a story if you like. I'll I'll tell you a quick story. Let me just finish rolling a cigarette here. Because I'm not smoking Taylors anymore, fuck it. I'm, I've gone back to rolling my own, which I did for like 15 years. So much nicer. I forgot how nicer it was. Um. So, yeah. Uh, uh, of course he drives the cheap rental car. Of course he drives the cheap rental car to the union rally because he's one of you I'm on your side and then later at that later on that afternoon he's playing golf with the company owner this is not uncommon like I'm not speaking like this is a ridiculous idea here oh hand roll Jim Nward in Jim Nward in the chat asking hand roll or machine always hand roll always so here's a little story for you I I became very good friends very close friends with a guy who was one step off the board of directors in a national company here. Okay. Now, when I'd met him, he'd already been retired for like 10 years. He wasn't a particularly old guy, but he retired. He got out and he's like, no, nah, not for me. But he was very high up in this company. And one thing he told me was so he runs, he runs a, he's responsible for a number of stores, but one of these stores needs to get like work done in the store. So what he did was he instructed his payroll clerk to not pay people for that week, all right? So the work the work that needs to be done at this store, it, you can't have it open, like you can't have people in there working. You need to get the people out. So what he did was he instructed his payroll clerk to not pay people for that week. And everyone was like, what's happening with our pay? What's going on? What's happening? And he said, look, it's not me. It's, it's coming from the company. I'm doing my best. I'm fighting for you. We're all in this together. Week, t- he said, look, I'm sure it'll be fixed by next week. I know it's a massive inconvenience. I'm really sorry. Um, next week, they'll double pay you and they'll make adjustments for tax and everything. And like, everyone was like, okay, okay. Week two comes around. He says to his payroll clerk again... Don't pay them. Now, week two comes around, and now people are getting really angry. And now the union gets involved, and the union leader comes down and says, hey, everybody, go on strike. Fuck this. We're not working another minute until uh, we get our paychecks for the last two weeks. And everyone's like, yeah, and they march out. So the work that he needed to get done in this store was to have the floor um, ripped up and then relaid, and it would take five days to do the entire store. So the union leader comes in and gets everybody to march off the shop floor. The next day... He brings in the people to start doing the work that he needs done to the floor. They start replacing the floor. Now, when people go on strike, you don't have to pay them. So, they went on strike after the work was done, late on the fourth day. So, the fifth day... Uh, he convened. He said, look, I'm going to address everybody. I'm going to come out and talk to them. Five days have been done. The floor has been refitted. He didn't have to pay anybody for those five days because if you put the whole store on leave for five days, you have to pay their, their wage. That their, You have to pay their salary. So he got everybody out of the store for five days, um, didn't have to pay them a cent, and then he addressed them by saying that look there was an oversight i got it wrong i'm one of the good guys he showed up in a cheap rental car showed up in a cheap rental car to address everybody and um he he addressed everyone and he said look it was an oversight on my on my part i'm the bad guy here um so you know What I'm going to do is we're going to back pay you, obviously, the two weeks that we owe you. And then we're going to give you leave loading on top, which is like 15%. So we'll give you an extra 15% bonus on the previous two weeks. And the crowd cheered him. They cheered. and walking out of there as he was getting back into his rental car with the Ferrari and the Aston Martin and the Jaguar in the garage at home. As he was getting into his rental car, it took him about half an hour to get to his car because everybody wanted to shake his hand and thank him for looking out for them, for protecting them, for giving them the bonus. They really appreciated it. Now, Mr. Segawa says that's fucking dirty. Hey. The workers fell for it and that's that's their fault <laughs> not his unfortunately as much as it pains me to say it it's true all right you know what i've rambled on and on um, irrational times is going to be coming up soon. Coffee talk with Sandra is going to be coming up soon. Everybody's favorite lover of French women, Mersh, is going to be coming up soon. So I think we might wrap it up there for tonight. Thank you for joining us on this Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Don't forget to follow all of our friends; those I mentioned. Uh, you got the Kimmy Show Thursday. Don't forget the Kimmy Show. Winning TV tomorrow night at six thirty PM. Royce Lopez tomorrow morning ten AM. JJ Stoner at midday. Don't forget him. Tip of the hat to the ROTC boys at four. Uh, Sunday night shit show. Frozen Asian Spendi apparently back this week. Who knows? Who knows? Can you really trust the Asians? Um, yeah, of course, Major Tom. Don't forget Major Tom. Uh, Iceman double four, double three as well. Chamani, and anyone else I may have forgotten So thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you to everyone who contributed on D Live. Thanks for sticking around for overtime. I'll be back on Wednesday with another episode. Till then, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.